I'm Selena, and you're listening to Real Talk, where we talk for real about what we think about the most recent movies we've watched. Today's episode is on Celine Song's debut feature, Past Lives. Uh, It's a somewhat autobiographical story of Nora's immigration from South Korea to Canada as a child. 24 years after she left Korea, she somehow finds herself at a New York City bar sitting between her American husband, Arthur, and her childhood sweetheart from Korea, Haesong. This part is completely autobiographical, except for the 24 years. It was more like 17 or something, I think. Mm, Yeah, I didn't know that this was... This part was autobiographical. Where do we start? Uh, It's been a while. Oh, yeah, it has. I feel like almost like two months. I like left the U.S. for the break, um, for the holidays. Same. Yeah, how how did your holiday go? You know how it went. Uh, Pretty good. Okay, cool. Cool. Any any details you want to share? No. (laughs) All the listeners know the details anyway, so... Oh, okay, that is true. Um, mine mine was fine. I went back home to Taiwan, and I organized slash hosted an art show, which my friend from college mm-hmm. curated, um, and that went pretty well, I would say. Um, all the art pieces were great, um, and they were by students, emerging talents, uh in the U.S. Uh, most of the pieces were video pieces and there were some that were like multimedia installations so they included monitors plus like physical objects. Um, yeah so that was that was fun setting that up. Yeah. Modern art. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah they were mostly modern art. All right so past lives this came out last year. This did but but I saw the pre-release version of the movie before it was distributed before it was like released uh two years ago at a new york city theater and then i also got to join their focus group to talk about it at the end like the sound mixing wasn't even done like the version of the movie we saw wait was this that um one of the first ones where you were in yeah and you were like it was it's a korean movie was was this the one this is the the first one yeah Oh my god, that was so long ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put that together. I didn't think it was this one. Holy shit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the first pre-release movie I got to watch. Um, and were there many differences? I honestly don't remember. It's been so long. There weren't many differences, but like the the font of the text, I think, mm. um, like back then they were still in production. And I had no idea the movie would get this big. By the way, I thought it would be like a small indie film. Was there? Do you remember a scene where Hesong and Nora like their? It's a close shot of their hands, and it's like about to touch, and you can see Nora's wedding ring because that was deleted. But I feel like it was still there when you watched it, probably. Oh, I don't remember. Dang. Um. Yeah, and then I watched it the second time with a friend. Um, two to three months ago, I think, and then I rewatched it. A few days ago, the third time. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a lot of times. 
And you watched it for the first time recently, like, right? A little over a month ago, I was in Amsterdam and took advantage of there being actual movies I want to watch out in theaters. So I saw Past mm-hmm. Lives, and then I just rewatched it last night. Liked it better this time. I'm glad I rewatched it because there were so many things okay. that annoyed me the first time I watched it that I couldn't really focus mm-hmm. on the good parts of the movie. What were the things that annoyed you? I don't know. Are, are we getting into that now? Yeah, I guess so. Pet peeves. <laughs> First thing that comes to mind is her Korean. Mm, okay. Greta Lee, who plays Nora. I think she was great, and like I don't want to hate on her or anything, but it's just a fact that her Korean sounds like, well, what she is, which is born and raised American. But, <laughs> but she's suppo- her character has, is supposed to have left Korea when she was like 11 or 12. And she talks supposedly talks to her mom all the time in Korean. You don't sound like that if you... You just don't sound like a freaking American if that's the case. And she did. And that annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> Says you. I'm kidding. I don't know what your level My of Korean, Korean is. My Korean is bad, but it's it sounds like an actual Korean, not like I was raised in America. Okay. Um, in the van- the recent like Vanity Fair roundtable mm-hmm. discussion interview with a lot of the other powerhouse actresses. Wasn't it Hollywood Reporter? Oh, it it probably is Hollywood Reporter. I don't remember. Um, and she was talking about, like, learning Korean for the role. Um, yeah, how they worked with Sharon Choi, if you remember. She was the translator yeah, for yeah. Bong Joon-ho. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention that, yeah. Yeah. What did uh, Sharon do exactly? Like, it was more to do with the script, right, than Greta Lee's actual pronunciation of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, she picked Sharon Choi because... It brought, like, depth and character to the learning process. So instead of just being like, oh, this uh, is what you need to say. Um, like, Sharon Choi is expressive and brings life into the learning process. And that's why Greta Lee chose her. Wait, so she was more like Greta's Korean teacher? Yeah, yes, she was. She was. Mm. Yeah. I think the script was pretty cool because Nora, having left Korea so early... Her Korean's still gonna, Mm. like, her phrasing or use of certain words is gonna be awkward, which mine Mm. is as well. And I think that was in the script. I think I caught a few where it's, like, awkward Mm. uses. I feel like I had a different experience watching it because I didn't watch it with any subtitles. Oh, interesting. Like, was Um, the awkwardness translated into subtitles or did it just all seem grammatically perfect and everything? I think it seemed fine, like, the the subtitles, actually. But then, I guess, like, you can tell from her intonation, like, when she's speaking Korean, she sounds a little awkward. I was gonna say, the movie comes out um, in Korea in March. Oh, wow. So it's still That's not out late. yet. Okay. I know. Yeah, and, like, what occurred to me was that the real-life Hezong, mm-hmm. her real-life childhood sweetheart will watch it. And oh, I wonder how um, he feels. Yeah, That's crazy. dang. But apparently they're still f- wow. they're friends now. His hung in. Okay. Nora. Like I would want to know what his reaction would be or what he feels, but obviously we're not going to know. Um. Uh, initial impressions or thoughts on the opening scene, Selena? Oh, the opening scene. I yes, I really liked the opening scene. Same. I thought it was really effective. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it it just brings you in immediately, and yep. and there's like intrigue. Yeah. And I thought it was also kind of quirky and clever with, like, the two observers and their voiceover as they look at Nora, her husband, and Sung. 
and them being like, who do you think they are to each other? Um, yeah, okay, so the opening scene is what I talked about with um, Nora at a bar in New York City sitting between her American husband and the Korean childhood sweetheart. And then it's like a outsider point of view shot of them and people talking about like questioning what their relationship is because it looks so weird it's just like one girl and two guys and you're, <laughs> you're wondering what the relationship is between them maybe they're a thruple yeah they didn't suggest that <laughs> and also just like i guess we eventually find out that the american dude is her husband but then in the scene they are seemingly distant um, mm, yeah no, like yeah. physical affection so much mystery and, just from that opening yeah. scene um, I also really liked that the opening scene ended when Nora turns and looks at the camera, or right. supposedly the people. Breaks yeah. the fourth wall. What did you think about that? It felt a little weird, a little off, I don't know. Yeah, but I found it off-putting, but in a way where it grabbed my attention more, so I didn't mind it. Okay, that's fair. I think that makes sense, yeah. But apparently what Celine wanted to do with that, which I don't think it worked in that way, was like to invite the viewers to the story or something, and to communicate mm. with her look that this was a cosmic joke. <laughs> No, you're right. I don't think it communicated that. I did not get that at all. Yeah. I think it just felt like a deliberate breaking of the fourth wall, but I couldn't, like, I don't think I felt additional meaning to it. Yeah, it was just like, oh, what was that right? about? Yeah. Oh, okay, so I don't know if this is skipping too far ahead, but speaking of this is a cosmic joke and the whole cosmic aspect of it, right? The whole um, past lives thing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the past lives concept? Okay, so the whole movie hinges on this Korean word called inyon, mm-hmm. which means, what did she say? Like fate or providence, but only for relationships? Yes, providence. And I hate, this was another pet peeve, I hated this obsession mm-hmm. with this cool Korean word. Like, white people would eat this shit up. You know what I mean? It's like how they <laughs> yeah. get Chinese characters tattooed on themselves. It's like the kind of, oh, yeah. Eastern thought of fate. Like, I was so annoyed. Because yeah. this is the, that kind of word that Koreans overuse and think is so mm-hmm. unique to them. And it just annoyed me so much that she <laughs> exploited it like this. And it annoyed me even more how much white people were eating it up. Did you say Koreans use this all the time? It's overused, yeah. I don't oh, know if you know chong. That's another Korean word that Koreans think is super unique mm-hmm. to them. But all it means is mm. just like love for someone. There's a similar word in Japanese about love. I forgot what it is, but... Yeah, probably. It, it's also I like, mean, yeah, I wouldn't like... be surprised if there were Chinese words for all of these too. I'm pretty sure inyan is Chinese. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I can find the Chinese I characters. I don't know. I can find it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... While, you, while you look for it... um. I think it was this movie that made me realize how many words in Korean sounded like Chinese. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, eming, immigration, immigrant. Oh, eming. Oh. Immigrating. Can you read this? I sent it to you on Messenger. Um, lu. Is that a word? Ingxian. I don't know what it means. Oh, sorry, sorry. I read it wrong. I read it wrong. <laughs> Ingyuan. <laughs> yeah, I put it into Google Translate and... The English is cause. <laughs> so you guys maybe don't have this word. No, I don't think so, because it's Chinese-based. Dude, I don't know. Let me look into it. <laughs> when you have two people who are oh my God. Chinese and Korean. Why? Okay, okay. It's um 
Yeah, chance, opportunity, predestined relationship, fate. Okay, destiny. so it exists in Chinese. That's... There you go. Yeah, but it's like derived from Sanskrit. The word nidana. What the hell? Not that it's related to the Chinese character, yeah. but when I googled the Chinese character, the uh, the Sanskrit came up. Okay. Wait, let me read this. <laughs> Nidana is a Sanskrit and a Pali word that means, quote, cause, motivation, or occasion, unquote, depending on the context. Uh, I don't know if that was helpful. <laughs> yeah, cause, motivation, or whatnot. But I didn't know that Inyan was about the 8,000 layers of, what was it? 8,000 layers of encounters? Yeah, lies. yeah. Fun fact, when when Unsol texted me about, like, confirming to do this, like, the podcast episode on this movie, I was, like, in my car, and the song Past Lives by Borns was playing, and I look at my phone, and she's like, let's do Past Lives, and I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> that is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I've also been listening to the song a lot. I really like the song, but, and the song came out years before the movie, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, completely so unrelated. That's interesting. Yeah. Except it's really popular now on, like, TikTok. Are you on TikTok? No, I just see it on Instagram. Oh, okay. Fuck okay. no, what do you think I what am? Are we Gen about? Z? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie is about past lives and, like, just cosmic happenings and fate, and it's supposed to be something magical. Except, I guess maybe that was the point, but at the same time... I don't know, it just didn't feel entirely right for me. Like, the movie didn't feel magical. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, okay, they're talking about this concept that feels magical, but that magic isn't conveyed through the film. Does it have to be? It doesn't have to be, but... And I guess, like, they bring it up as just, like, oh, sometimes a joke or a possibility. Yeah. But I feel like... And it becomes important towards the end, like, with Mm -hmm. the ending scene. Like, how heartbreaking Yeah, I don't know. I just sort of wished that there was a little more of that magical sense. Um, it, doesn't, it didn't have to be in your face, but just a little more coincidences or feeling. Mm, I see um, what you mean. I guess it could have also been an acting issue or, like, the chemistry between Nora and Song. But I guess, like, I was fine with it. But at the same time, something felt like, it was missing. Yeah, it uh, didn't seem like there were coincidences or any fateful encounters, not really. Yeah. And, like, it, it unfolds very realistically. But for a movie, sometimes you need to... Maybe you don't, because, you know, this movie won several words. Maybe it felt that way to Celine. Like, to her, it was a huge coincidence or fate thing that in the one year that uh, she got out of touch with Hesong, took a break with him. She met her mm-hmm. hus- future husband, Arthur, and he met his girlfriend in China or something. That, you're, actually, that part did feel very, that part was, like, part of this whole coincidental narrative. Except it's not um, even coincidental, it's just normal. Yeah, I guess it is normal. But yeah, for a movie that's called Past Lives, I want to feel like they've had a past life uh, before, but I just didn't feel that. It just felt like, like, they could have had only this one life and they're talking about past lives but i would still like it wouldn't make a difference maybe that's the point that there's not really any magical that thing is true or a past life yeah and that's why it's it's even more depressing i guess so 
maybe maybe all the talk about yeah no you're right okay my revelation right now is maybe all the talk about past lives is masking their present feelings for each other um yeah but that was just my point which i have resolved (laughs) nice good to talk it out Mm -hmm. okay next what should we talk about next so the setting and characters I guess you live in Korea and I live in New York. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> whoa. Um, Inyan, dude. What did this you think about Inyan. the setting? Um, yeah, dude. It, we have Inyo. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What about the setting? Why did you why did you write that down? Um because there were several instances where like landscapes of Korea wherever Haesong was in Seoul and New York City. Okay, cool. So, it's like Seoul and New York City were used. Um, so the first time I watched the movie, I thought they were like very simple and not entirely interesting landscape shots. Mm. That was my first impression. But during my like third viewing, which I watched recently, well, I cannot grammar. <laughs> during my third viewing, <laughs> which was the most recent viewing, I felt like they were effective. Like I liked the simplicity of the New York skyline shots and also the soul shots, but I personally found the soul shots more more interesting and engaging because maybe it's not as overused as the New York shots in just films in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I liked that it wasn't shiny. It was very like I don't know if bland is the right word, but like industrial and quiet and novel compared to yeah like, i mean if series. i show you outside my window right now it kind of just looks like that mm-hmm. like yeah shitty yeah. little buildings <laughs> i appreciate that like i like to see shitty little buildings um right instead of something that you know movies put in my face 24 7 mm. um also i just have this view from where i live so Right, I mean, I felt the same about the Korean shots. Like, okay, that's Korea. I know, okay. I know that. <laughs> and New York as yeah. well. So I, I felt nothing about mm-hmm. any of that. I liked how calm it was when the shots like panned across these different landscapes. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think I liked the Korean shots more because there wasn't a lot of distracting elements. It was a lot more serene. Like, it just slowly goes across. Like, muted colors, a lot more simplicity. That's less the shots and more just what Korea looks like. <laughs> no, no, that exactly, yeah. But speaking of the shots in Korea, the child actors who play the younger versions of Nora mm-hmm. and Hesong, I I thought mm-hmm. they were actually pretty good. Oh, they didn't annoy okay. me at all, which children usually wow. do. Yeah, so oh, I was happy. About speaking that. of, yeah. dude, I thought the the little girl looks like you. What? <laughs> I mean, I actually uh, that's a compliment, but no, she doesn't. Yeah. When when you were like in third grade or something, you guys had like the same hair, like oh the, the braid, two, yeah. I think that's it though. And your face is kind of the same. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, the face is not at all the same. Okay, okay. It's just Koreans kind of look similar. <laughs> Maybe I'm just yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed the children's acting and. I think I liked the beginning better than the adult moments. Yeah. In some ways, it was less mm-hmm. awkward. Yeah. Like, I guess it was yeah. meant to be awkward with the adult stuff, but even with the husband and wife stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, even uh, Greta and Tao Yu, who play the adult versions, talk mm-hmm. about how 
their performance was based on the children's chemistry and performances. So they、mm, looked at footage of the children, tried to copy their body language, and see how they related to each other and like sort of mimic that. Interesting. Speaking of mimicking the children, I don't know if you noticed, but did you know that there was like a Like a second recurring shot of the both of them when they were children, and then like a similar shot occurred later on in the film. Like the cutaway scenes? Um, no, it was um, so after they go on their little date as children, they're in the car and they're they're holding hands. This is actually a、mm. nice detail that I that I noticed this time around when they're holding hands in the car, Nora's asleep and her head is on his shoulder, like their hands are intertwined, which is、mm-hmm. really sweet. Um, yeah, and the shot was、mm-hmm. from outside of the car of Haesong looking out of the car, like looking in the distance, in the car. Yeah, 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 yeah.、Um, and then it transitions to twelve years later. I I don't remember if it did. Actually, no, not yet. I think it just transitions to them like leaving Korea and immigrating to Canada. But, but no,、oh, this shot,、okay. this shot mirrors the ending shot. When Haesung is alone on the cab or Uber, going to the airport, yeah.、Oh, so he leaves alone, but it, when they were children, he left with her, and it's like the same. It's like a very similar shot.、Um, so he like the ending just like is like a mirror reversal of what happened in the beginning. He's like left alone, like he doesn't have her, but when they were children, he did, and their their hands were intertwined, and so it it makes the ending kind of a little more devastating. She does this a lot though, where it's like similar takes、yeah. from similar shots from when they were children and when they're adults, and then sometimes she cuts away between them, and I、yeah. really like those parts because it kind of felt like when she cuts quickly between these two different times, it felt like when they were children that's a past life,、mm. and when they're adults it's like the current life, and I think that's very much how life feels like, especially if you、mm. move around. I feel like if we bring up our actual lives. When we were in Vietnam, that's a literal past life. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. It doesn't feel like our、mm-hmm. current lives. Um, I think I also watched an interview, maybe a year ago or a few months ago, where yeah, that's what they were talking about. How their past life can also be interpreted as just like a different stage of their life. So there's like multiple、mm-hmm. layers of meaning、cool. to past lives. Hmm. Who said that, Celine or Greta? Might be Greta. I don't remember. And yeah, another um another recurring shot is when, like adult Haesung and Nora meet in the park. Um, like they come and approach、mm-hmm. each other and look at each other. There's like this rock architecture yeah, behind yeah, yeah. them. Statue.、Um, That was in Madison Square. Oh, is it? I don't know where it is actually. But like in this like monument or statue or like big rock thing. Um, there are like two figures on it, and the two figures are facing away from each other. But in the、mm. childhood shot, when they're like playing on the rock, what is it? A rock wall. The there are two faces. The faces are facing at each other. That that's something else.、Oh, yeah,、cool. I noticed on the third watch. I don't know if it was intentional or like unintentional. Probably intentional, but don't know if that meant something. I mean, if it did, it probably means that. They aren't connected in the same way. Like it's not going to be. Yeah, I mean they're walking away from each、yeah. other now. So let's talk about their characterization. What what the characters were like, and if you found them interesting or not as interesting. 
I bring this up because one of the major criticisms of the movie that I've seen on Letterboxd and elsewhere is that some their characters feel like stock characters and they feel replaceable and they didn't have much depth to them or at least it wasn't conveyed. That was like one recurring critique that I read. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Isn't that the point of supporting actors? But they Like this wasn't the point of view of Nora. I mean, not not necessarily. Like, I mean, if the supporting actor is supposed to impact the main character in a significant way, then we should know why this should matter. Um, but also, like, I think the criticism is directed towards Nora's character also. Mm. Yeah, like everybody. And I will say, like, during my first viewing, I, I think I did have that impression. But also... So Celine Song, her background is in playwriting, and this felt very, like, play-like. And in plays, I feel like you can do this, like, create characters that don't have, like, incredible depth, right? It's, like, depth like you would see in character study movies, but it just, like, conveys, like, an interesting plot. If you do this in a play, you can get away with it pretty easily. What's an example of a movie where characters aren't so... Um, and how does one achieve that oh um like power of the dog Mm. all of the characters were like there were several layers to them and you can feel their their depth there's a lot that is unspoken and a lot of the movie is also just like extrapolating what everyone feels and why they're behaving the way they do right letting the audience participate yeah and just feeling like they are real people isn't that more an issue with performance Mm -hmm, i mean as well as directing but yes yeah i don't know if it like significantly detracted from the movie or my experience of it did it affect your enjoyment of the movie um not really but or your view of the movie as like a good movie yeah that i think it affected that it can never Mm -hmm. be like a great movie if it doesn't have that kind of depth I didn't break that down and realize that, but that makes a lot of sense of why I didn't think this was actually that great a movie. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that was my impression, too. I guess we should now talk about how much buzz it is getting at award ceremonies and how it did win a few things already and how it's nominated. I don't know for, oh, I think for screenwriting at the Oscars. Do you think it is award-worthy? Maybe at some indie festivals. Not really. <laughs> I mean, words mean nothing. The Oscars suck. They never get it right. So That is true, yes. It won something else. Um, I forgot what it was. One of the recent awards. I was surprised. I was surprised by how much attention the movie got and how popular it is with a lot of... Also, like, people in the film circle, too. And critics. That's what I'm saying. People are eating this shit up because of the Inyan shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, maybe maybe it's because of that concept. Um, did you relate to the film? Only certain parts. Like, like, do you remember when Nora comes back from first meeting Hong in New York to and then has kind of a rant in the bathroom to Arthur? How she's like, he has all these really Korean views about things 
and he does this, which is so Korean,、mm-hmm. and he just looks so Korean, and he's so Korean, <laughs> and he makes me feel so not Korean, but also Korean. <laughs> I mean, I have Korean friends,、yeah. but they're Korean American, but he's Korean Korean. <laughs> and when she said Korean Korean, I was like, I know, I know what you're talking about. This is so exactly how I feel, and th- I loved that scene just because of how relatable it was. Wow. Did I? You even like memorized that whole segment? Not really. I'm、Line. just kind of paraphrasing. It's exactly how I talk about Koreans. It sounded exactly like what she said. It, I don't know. It might not be, but you sounded like her. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so common、yeah. for me to、oh. complain about a Korean by saying they're so Korean, and then call them Korean、mm-hmm. Korean, whereas I'm just Korean. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that that reminded me of you too.、Um, speaking of that scene, did you find the movie funny? Because during my first watch at the、mm. pre-release screening, people were laughing throughout the movie, especially this scene where Arthur was reacting to her talking、mm-hmm. about Haesung,、mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Oh, uh," and then and then once she finished her rant, he was like, "Pause," and then he was like. When is he leaving again? Yeah, yeah, yeah.、Um, and then everyone in the, when everyone in the theater was like losing it.、Um, yeah, I think it can be quite.、Fun. Oh, when she was talking about how he he was like manly or masculine. Oh yeah. yeah, he's masculine in this very traditional Korean way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, do you find him attractive? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, I don't think so.、Yeah. No, <laughs> I love how she doesn't lie to him. She's so honest with him, like brutally honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to bring up. So, was it shortly after that scene they go to bed and they're next to each other, and then I mean, several times throughout the movie, Arthur keeps saying, "I can't believe." I am witnessing this something along the lines、mm-hmm. of that, like I can't believe I'm part of your story.、Mm-hmm. I'm just this evil American yeah, man yeah, yeah. that is getting yeah, in the、funny. way of destiny.、Yeah. It's it's funny, I guess, but also just like maybe it's because they're American and Americans just behave and talk this way. Um, but it just felt a little like in your face, like not subtle. It's like they're they're just telling you this, and oh, instead of showing, I don't know, just like. That that's like part of it, and another part of it is just how like matter of factly Arthur says this, and how matter of factly she responds. Maybe it's just you know who they are, like the characters, or maybe even the actors. But it like I didn't feel the tenderness, or it's just like hard, like texture wise. It's just like oh, they say this like staccato,、mm. you know. I'm just gonna say that in real life, Celine and her Jewish husband, I've only seen pictures,、mm-hmm. but they look like they're awkward. So <laughs> that's all、okay. I'm gonna say. <laughs> okay, okay. Damn. Oh, I just I'm just realizing that her husband probably saw this too. Yeah. And like, yeah, knows this. Yeah. Um. Fully supporting it. Damn.、Um, yeah. That scene where the husband is speaking Korean to her about being hungry—that was so cute. Like his Korean is actually Aww, okay. It actually sounded kind of better than Greta's at some points. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that was a cute scene. Did you find it relatable, Selena? I don't know. It wasn't like immediately relatable, apart from the living in New York City fact.、Um, 
And I have, like, moved around quite a bit as a child, but it's not like, oh, yeah, we're going to make this one dramatic move and it's going to change your life because um, it just happens so frequently for me. I mean, is it re- is it relatable for me in terms of, like, have I, like, encountered people who, like, oh, yeah, maybe there's, like, a past life connection or whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Mm. But but aside from that, it wasn't just... it. It didn't leave, like, a strong, relatable impression on me. Mm. But it, it yeah. was relatable to, um, you wrote this down, to many people, including Greta Lee's mom. Oh, yeah. Um, so in the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable, um, Greta Lee shares that her mom never truly, like, had, like, an interest in her movies or, like, not fully recognize her work, even after she told them she's working on this movie. It was only after her mom watched the movie that her mom realized that it's in Korean and that, like, I guess it's also, like, a feat for Greta to be in a movie while speaking Korean. Um, But Greta shared that her mom told her after watching the movie that her mom broke down um, and cried a lot because um, her mom told Greta, like, Nora is me. Or I'm Nora. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, the movie reflected the mom's experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, Greta's mom's experience, too. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And how a bunch of people who aren't Korean can also relate to it just because of, I don't know, breakups? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Third-party situations? I don't know. I think, though, what I loved about this and what I guess was unique about it is that Nora is experiencing heartbreak for a past sort of relationship that didn't really even happen while with her current husband. Like, what kind of husband deals with his wife dealing with heartbreak, which isn't about him? Like, it was very complex. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah, I loved the part. I guess this is just what happened in real life, how supportive he was, Mm -hmm. um... And he didn't, like, walk away being, or, like, throw a tantrum or a fit being, like, oh, my God, you're still seeing this. Like, yeah. yeah. It was, like, very mature, I yeah, guess. Yeah, very mature. Keeper, I yeah, guess. <laughs> and is still married, so. And also, I was going to say, um, you know how this is basically autobiographical for Celine Song? But every other, mm-hmm. all the actors in this also, because Greta is married to a white dude, American. Oh. So there's sort of overlap. And the white guy in the movie, what's his name? <laughs> John Magaro, he has a Korean wife. Wow. Yes. Oh my god. So this gosh. is how something casts people, right? She she talks with them. Interesting. Sees how much they connect with the story. So I, I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And but the, the here's the um the surprise. What what word am I looking for? Tell you who plays, um, Hesong. He's actually very famous in mm-hmm. Korea recently, but he's actually German. Oh. He was born oh, yeah. and raised. I knew that. He was born and raised in Germany, and his Korean is way better than Greta's. Just saying. Anyway, so yeah, I think it's just like a surprising personal life aspect of all the actors. Yeah, I found that surprising too. I mean, I looked him up after my first viewing, and I think I was sending you things about him. Yeah, and his English is pretty good, and his German, obviously. Yeah, yeah. he sounds German when he speaks English. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I noticed that, too. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, I found that interesting because in the movie, his character doesn't speak any English, and he puts on this Korean accent. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Asso. He says Asso instead of Arthur. 
You, me, and Young. Okay. What? <laughs> that, no, that's what he told them. Inyeon? Oh, the you, husband. you, me, Inyeon. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was kind of cute, actually. Him speaking, attempting to speak English. Like, I actually liked that acting. Mm. Yeah, a lot of, like, innocence. Oh, okay, speaking of, I don't know if this is intentional or just how it ended up being because of his acting. But, like, when he communicates with Arthur... Like, he's just, there's just, like, a sense of innocence to it. I think it's um, what comes about when you're not good at the language. And it's kind of like a childlike, yeah. you're very limited to certain yeah. words, so it's innocent. And you can't hide your feelings through with words, like, in sentences. Yeah, but I guess, like, when he says these words in English, compared to, like, when Arthur is speaking... In either Korean or English, he just has no no malice or mm-hmm. dislike towards him. He's just like totally open to meeting him and neutral and just friendly. Arthur, what's his name? Hesong. Hesong. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like just like totally innocent about it. Like he has no hard feelings towards the husband, and it's just like super friendly. And then. Um, on the flip side, the husband reacts awkwardly and is like, oh, yeah, oopsies. Um, don't really want to meet you at first, but I guess here you are um, type of attitude. I um, think the husband was being yeah. more understanding, if anything. He was, like, understanding, but you can see, like, you can feel the discomfort. Right. Whereas Sung was just, like, he didn't. He didn't feel the discomfort. He was just like, oh. I think he like, was just being... Um, childlike. No, more just sort of shameless. I, I didn't see okay, it as yeah. a good way, that yeah, part. I, so. I, I wouldn't see that as a good trait. It's kind of a okay. shameless Im- imposition on their lives. That's how I see that it. That is a good point. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. It does seem a little... It is shameless. I think I had a similar thought about how he just... you know He knows she is married, but he's just going to see her and her husband anyways. Mm-hmm. But I guess yeah. they both needed the closure. What do you think he expected? I think he just wanted to check and wanted some closure. And was maybe just mm-hmm. a little bit hoping that she was miserable and that he, <laughs> she would run away with him or something. <laughs> Aww, but I think more yeah. than anything, he just needed to um, see her and needed closure. Also, I'm just bringing up random comments. These are not insightful at all. Uh, Arthur, when he does the book signing thing, his book is called Boner. Oh yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> okay. I just I just needed to point that out. Sounds like something you need to point out. Yeah, I'm now building myself this reputation. And okay, more random comments. Hesong's outfit outfits I should say. So Korean. I swear my dad has those exact clothes. He he oh. looks like that. Speaking of his outfit, um, when he first, like, gets to New York and sees her, do you find something off about the fit? Like... Yeah, 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 exactly. He's either too big for his shirt, or or the shirt is too big. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like it's so dad. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about the closing scene when they call an Uber for Sung and Nora and Sung are on the sidewalk waiting and they just stare silently at each other? Oh, that part before the whole emotional stuff. I don't know. What did you feel? I don't. I have no thoughts. Um, I didn't have much thoughts in my initial viewings, but in my third viewing, like they were trying to convey tension, like the filmmaking, I think, 
and raise the question of whether or not someone will make a move. Like, no, that's just, not like, at standing. all how I took it. No, yeah, no, I. that's what I felt on my third viewing. Because they were just standing and facing each other in the quiet. And he, like, his body language, initially he was facing the street and she was, like, facing him. But then he slowly turns to look at her. And then they were, they were, they were facing each other. And then they, she was just, like, swaying her hands. And it's just, like, there's this subtle, like, oh. extreme subtlety of, like, she's swaying her hands. He's, like, his hands are kind of moving. Like, is he going to do, is, like, is something going to happen or are they just going to stay there? And before anything can happen, the Uber breaks the tension. Like, the Uber drives mm. over. And then he has to, like, wave. Like, it was an excuse for him to, like, go wave. I would have accepted that more if there were previous scenes where there was physical tension, but there weren't. Mm, yeah like i felt like neither of them had any intention of making a move and it was more just the silence showed how complicated their minds were in that moment and like what is there to say i i don't know i didn't see that physical tension no i see what you're saying and maybe if i rewatch it i can i can see that mm-hmm. but i feel like that would just be wrong no i noticed it on my third yeah, yeah, yeah. like i think it's because the body language like it, it's really subtle mm-hmm. but he he fully turns like 45 degrees like slowly and then faces her and that's like you know the first phase of movement but then they just they stop there and they just keep looking at each other oh maybe they did try to communicate physical tension before because if you i'm just like rethinking the scenes mm-hmm. and there's a lot of staring at each other especially his own staring at Nora. Yeah. and there's that scene where they're yeah. in the new york city subway and their hands are like both on the bar Holding the ball. Yeah, yeah. Except I didn't feel that tension, and maybe that's a performance thing. Oh, I, I think performance know. thing, yeah. There's, like, a slow lead-up to it, and that was, like, the culmination. Like, all the tension bottled up, and that was the moment where it sort of, like, was almost hit the climax. It was managed. Like, when they were in Brooklyn and the car- carousel mm-hmm. place, they looked at each other, but not when they were looking at each other. So it's, like, when Sung was looking away, she was looking at him. Mm-hmm. And when she looked at him, <laughs> he was looking at her. Before sunrise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I guess. And yeah, it was like, but then like at the end, you know, they, they get past that looking past each other. And then they look at each other for a long time. But also like the bar scene, mm-hmm. there was like a, a initially a little tension when he and he was like, oh, you were married and then he, she was like, yeah, but you had a girlfriend. Yeah. And when she said that, yeah. she was like kind of salty. Very yeah. snappy. But after that, it just became a, l- a little more like matter of fact. And she was just saying things. And there was like a little bit of a distance. and But it still felt like friendly. But like, it, it's almost like there were walls up in a sense when she was trying. Like, I don't know. Like, she was telling him the girl you know isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is true. And she said it, like, very matter-of-factly. But then the emotions are still there, as we see at the end. Here's the thing. I think they both have that remaining emotional, whatever, connection. But they both know that she's still married. It's a constant reminder. The ring on her finger is actually kind of emphasized in some shots. Like, even the Mm -hmm. opening scene, for Mm -hmm. some reason, Greta's hand is like this. Like, it it makes no sense, but her hand is like (laughs) this, and you can see her ring. And... It's it's like constantly reminding the viewers, the audience, and the characters that, no, this can't happen, she's married. That's kind of how mm, I took it. Yeah. And also, I saw an interview where Greta talks about that. Because 
she claims that that little girl that Hesong knew doesn't exist anymore. But that doesn't feel necessarily true. Mm-hmm. I was like, what are you saying? That that doesn't sound true. Yeah. And what Greta said was, I don't think it's about her. I think she was giving that as a gift to Hesong to like move on. So Hesong came all the way to mm-hmm. New York, which was his gift to her. Like now yeah. they can finally meet and get some closure. And now she's giving him license to move on as well by telling mm. him that's all gone now. And that's mm. what Greta said about that. I like what Greta said. That made sense, yeah. At the same time, it it did feel kind of true. But at the same yeah. time, it doesn't have to Here's be Here's the true. thing. like It's a part of her that does exist somewhere but isn't brought out by anything in her current life in mm. New York. Yeah. And... I very much related to this as well, which is in that bar when she has the Korean childhood sweetheart and her current husband next to her. Mm-hmm. It's like her world's colliding, right? Like, yeah. I, I feel like I also have a bunch of separate worlds, and when they collide, it's a bit of a, like, a mm. mind fuck. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah, like, when I when I introduce friends from different parts of the world or yeah. something along the lines of that, it's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah I, I find that relatable, I guess, yeah. And there might there oh also there is that awkwardness too because they might be different types of people and then you're bringing like a type A yes friend yes like a type B and also friend. because yeah. I'm different depending yeah. on who I'm talking to so I don't know how yes, I should behave yeah. because with this person I act like this and with this like it's yeah and also how Nora speaks in Korean with Hey Song and the husband's just there exactly. and doesn't understand yeah. well I don't know if he does yeah 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 that's that was quite realistic. How did you feel about this movie overall? I think it had a lot of good, but overall not that great. But yeah, not nothing much. You? <laughs> it was okay. It was it was cool. I I liked it. I can appreciate it, but it didn't blow my mind. No, no. Um Yeah, and it didn't particularly draw me in either, but I really I just appreciated it. I appreciated the script. Yeah. I think it's worth your yeah. time just in general yeah and it i mean i guess since i watched it three times it feels like a movie for me at least that you can rewatch because it's just it has like a solid story that you know isn't trying to build up to well maybe it does in some way but it's not like oh there's like rising action climax and then conclusion it's just like it, it feels like there's a flow um, things happen and you go along with it and there is a message I guess um, what's the message it's just like life it's just life yeah it like it didn't necessarily feel like a constructed this is kind of like mm. paradoxical because I said the movie felt stagey but it didn't feel like a constructed film it just felt like I guess like a s- slice of life like three slices of life from Nora's life right so I can just like rewatch it and be in her life. I don't in know. an interview, someone mentioned how they think Celine finds touch, physical touch, very important. And I think she tried mm. to use that in the movie, like as a device. But I don't really th- see it. But also, I I do because in Korea you don't touch somebody. You literally, <laughs> like, if you if you that sounded wrong. If like if you look at the scene when Hesong and Nora first meet and they hug 
or Nora hugs him, mm-hmm. he's super surprised because first of all, that doesn't happen in Korea. Yeah. You don't you don't hug someone like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do think she does think touch is important, mm-hmm. and um, they talk about Greta talks about how she consciously made decisions to act differently with her husband and with Hyesung, like very differently apparently. But to mm-hmm. me, I didn't get that mm-hmm. because it's not just the way you act to your husband versus like someone who isn't your husband. Like, of course you're holding hands yeah. with your husband, but not with Hesong. Like, is, isn't that just obvious? Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't... and you're talking without filter with your husband and yeah. not Hesong. Yeah. Like, I didn't think that yeah. that was a very impressive thing. It's just... Yeah. But in the bar scene, she was more absorbed in talking with Hesong. Whereas when she, like, turns to look at her husband to translate or... Like, briefly talking mm, It's a little him. dismissive. Felt a little cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt bad for him, but, like, I don't Yeah, know. what an awkward place to be sitting for hours. Yeah. Damn, that man should get, like, A-plus for being husband. I mean, yeah, for real. Holy shit. I just wanted to say that Hezong's character is very brazen. Mm-hmm. And that is a... Yeah. That is kind of, like... I see a lot of Korean guys being like that. Like, super brazen, just mm. shameless. <laughs> the stuff he said, too. He says... At the bar to Nora, I'm starting to have weird thoughts. And your mind immediately <laughs> goes to, you know what I'm thinking. And oh my god. Like, who the hell oh says god. that? Oh my god. It's so sleazy. Yeah. But it's so funny because he's also just so, like, innocent. Is he though? Like, Is it a facade? Seeming, seeming yeah. though. Yeah, maybe it's a facade. I don't know. Um, speaking of facades, yeah, when he was, like, before he left for New York, the barbecue scene with his friends in the restaurant, mm-hmm. um, one of his friends was like, you're not going to see that girl, are right? Yeah, are yeah, you? exactly. And he was like, what girl? Yeah, pretends they don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess in that sense, well, I mean, we had to break it down, but in that sense, maybe that shows the depth of his character, but it took some, took some thinking. <laughs> even with, even between <laughs> Hesong and Nora, when they talk, and they're trying to recount how many years it's been, if they remember each other, if they remember this. Mm-hmm. They both remember perfectly well all their interactions from when they were children. And they know perfectly well how much time has passed. But to each other, they pretend they mm-hmm. don't know. They're like, has it been 12 years? Or something like that? Oh. Like, it's that facade <laughs> <Yeah>. thing. <laughs> it's a facade, but I feel like the movie didn't do the best job in... No. At stressing that there's a facade. Yeah, like, any subtlety she meant to put in it was maybe either too subtle or... Yeah, yeah. Too subtle or was not able to be conveyed through the acting. Yes. Especially, no offense to Greta, especially Greta's acting. No offense, offense taken. <laughs> um, We still didn't talk fully about the ending scene, which is the tear-jerking. Did you cry at any of mm. your viewings? The third viewing? At the end? Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the movie or what. Like, I don't know if it's the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were watching the movie, weren't you? So I guess it's movie plus your life. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what about you? Did you? No, but I could see why on my second viewing at the ending Mm. scene. Oh, during my first viewing, the friend that I went to watch it with cried. And she's, like, not a crier. Oh, wow. Um, She teared up. Yeah. Yeah, she turned to me and was like, there's tears in my eyes and the credits were rolling. I was like, oh. Yeah, the ending is definitely the climax of this movie. Mm, yeah. 
Um, oh, also, when I told my roommate I was going to do a podcast episode on past lives and I was going to rewatch it, she said, oh, she started it but didn't finish it because it was slow. But she finished it because I brought it up. Mm-hmm. And she said she cried. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people cried. But with the ending, when what he says to her is, like, pretty clever, I thought. Like, the whole... It justifies the title after that. It's like, if if this is our past life, then what do you think we are in our next life? Something like that. Yeah. And then he's like, see you then, like, in their next yeah. life. And it's like, oh. Yeah, yeah I like that. And then, yeah. and then how the tracking shot of her walking back to her apartment, it's such a long walk. And her husband's on those steps it waiting, is. and she just yeah. breaks down in tears, and then he hugs her, and it's just like, oh. Yeah, the ending was good. Yeah, it was. I I, was yeah, yeah, I think that's the ending. best part of the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. In everything, in the director's choices, in the acting, in the script. I guess. I guess basically, this whole movie was made for the ending. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. I can see how this whole script would revolve around the ending. And that makes me wonder about other scripts and other movies and how much the ending weighs on the rest of the movie or the rest of the script. Sometimes endings aren't decided yet. I think a lot of the time directors, writer-directors or writers have like one central scene in mind that they really, which is important, they thought it out a lot and then everything else is kind of extra and works around it. I, I don't know. And in this case, it was the ending scene. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. I don't know if I have anything else to say about it. Are you rooting for it at the Oscars? <sighs> Not really. Like, what could it win? Screenwriting? It's original screenplay, right? Um, mm-hmm, yeah. I think Poor Things is part of that category. See, I haven't seen the movies this year because I'm in fucking Korea. To I can't watch the movies. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. So it's going up against Maestro. Maestro. Anatomy of a Fall. Why does everyone say Maestro? <laughs> I don't know. It's Maestro. Maybe? No, because that's Spanish. Um, Maestro. Oh, okay. Well, it's Maestro. Get it <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> okay. Um, Anatomy of a Fall, May, December, and The Holdovers. Okay, I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall or The Holdovers. Oh, really? No. Okay. Have you seen Holdovers? I haven't. Even though I haven't seen The Holdovers, a part of me feels like The Holdovers might win. Mm. Based on what I've heard about the movie, like, people who really liked it loved it. Did they win for the other awards for screenwriting? I don't know, actually. May-December was interesting. I think if May-December was nominated for, I mean, Todd Haynes is nominated for Best Director, like, he would have a chance, but I don't know about the screenplay specifically. Nah, I don't think that movie has much of a chance with any okay. category. It caters to a specific audience. No, I enjoyed it. It's just that maybe not Oscar bait enough. Past Lives is a bit Oscar baity. Mm. Maestro is completely just an Oscar bait kind of movie, I felt. Yeah. I wasn't the biggest fan of Maestro. No, me neither. Oh. Saw it in theaters yeah. in Portugal. Did you see it in theaters, Maestro? No. No, I watched it at home. Okay. On Netflix. It's so much better in theaters though, especially the conducting scene. Oh, okay. Which was overacted, but um Anatomy of a Fall won best screenplay at the Golden Globes. 
Golden Globes are not for serious people. Okay, so so is the Oscars. But I think Anatomy of a Fall is probably strongest. Like I haven't seen it, but it seems like it's a very it's good. it's a very good movie. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think it like for me the strongest part was the directing and the acting, mm. and the screenplay was secondary. Like because maybe it's because there's so much dialogue and it's like a courtroom drama for most of it. Um, Spoilers. That's not a spoiler. I feel like it could just just because of the Oscars and what the voters are looking for, it could possibly win Yeah, screenplay. But also I think the holdovers maybe, even though I haven't seen it. You should. I will. Who the hell's gonna win Best Picture? Oh my god. Someone who doesn't deserve it. It's either someone who doesn't deserve it or someone who <laughs> deserves it. Killers or Oppenheimer? <laughs> Killers of the Farmer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm rooting for Marty. He did not. So Oppenheimer plus Nolan, they swept at the Golden Globes, yeah. I think. Unfortunately. I feel like the Oscars, think, kind of thankfully, has a thing against Nolan. So <laughs> maybe with Oppenheimer, it'll also be not go his way. I don't think I have anything else to say about the movie right now. Um, yeah. Is it a movie you would revisit? No. I already did, and I'm fine with how much I did revisit it. I'm not watching it again <laughs> you you've watched okay. it too many times yeah i'm, I'm good <laughs> um you haven't seen return to Soul no yet, i'm right? saving it for when i i don't know i'm just saving it i downloaded it dude okay i i would rewatch that i i really like mm. that movie maybe we can do that sometime yeah how do you feel about the movie as a korean i everything i've said so far okay that's good <laughs> Would this be considered a Korean movie in Korea? Oh my god. Okay, yeah, I have something to say about that. Yes, because Koreans somehow take mm-hmm. ownership over anything that's... Even if it's oh. co- American, but it's made by a Korean-American, they take ownership mm-hmm. of it. So when Beef mm-hmm. like sweeped for limited series awards, it was mm-hmm. on the Korean news, and they were like, mm-hmm. Korean director and Korean actor, Steven Yeun and whatever his name is, the director, sweep at the like uh-huh. Emmys or whatever it was. Uh-huh. And um mm-hmm. my parents would text me like they don't even know what the Emmy Awards are and they're like in Korean Emmy Awards <laughs> Korean whatever one and I was just like you don't even know who they are you don't even why are you taking ownership of why are you proud of this is this has nothing to do with you or yeah. this country frankly <laughs> and it's so yeah, annoying yeah. I, I hate it so much and then my sister texted back you know he's American right and my dad's just like, well, yeah, Korean-American. Yeah. Like, that has any... <laughs> so, yes, they will... No, yeah, no, that's that's. Yeah, they already funny. see this as a Korean movie. And, like, anything they mm-hmm. win, it's like, Korean movie wins. Mm. Especially because uh, Tao Yu is such a famous actor mm. here. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, speaking of beef, that's ironic because I felt like it was extremely Asian-American. Yes, emphasis yes. on the American... Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, I it think, wasn't even yeah. like all Koreans. It was just Steve Young and his family, and it wasn't yeah. about the Korean experience. Yeah, at all. Yeah, I think I appreciated the production of this film as like a crossover between Korea and the mm-hmm. U.S. Yeah, I liked the cross continental, like our podcast, but kind of different because you are less korean than Song. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we speak fully in english oh that was not offensive 
yeah, I appreciated that collaboration and that attempt to highlight like globalization, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the implications. Yeah, Celine talks yeah. about it too. Yeah, I want more yeah. movies like that. She talks yeah. about how the script writing software, what's it called? Final Final Fantasy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Final Draft. Celine talks about how the script writing software Final Draft doesn't cater to writing in Korean, like you need to write in English only, the software. And mm-hmm. how it felt like the world was telling her you shouldn't write a bilingual st- script, which this one is. But, but oh. like, in Final Draft's defense, then use a Korean software, Jesus. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, which is another reason why I really appreciated Return to Seoul. That one was more hybrid-y. Mm. Maybe because it's not, like, American Korea, but France and Korea. Very um, separate. So that was interesting. Yeah, I cannot wait to talk about that and also rewatch that. Okay. Lots of Korean movies. Yeah, I can't seem to escape the (laughs) Koreans. (laughs) Oh, that's that's exactly what I told my colleague last night because we went to eat shabu Uh shabu, um, and we just found this shabu shabu buffet place, which is heaven, by the way. They the buffet Uh is huge, um, and it's for like a cheap price, and it's Korean owned. Huh. And then once we got in, there were like Koreans everywhere, <laughs> and we just got off of work with our Korean dude, boss. Dude, that's how I feel. Like I went to Switzerland, right? And I'm at the top of this mountain, t- yeah. tallest. Um, I mean, highest train station in Europe, and yeah. Koreans everywhere. And I was like, I can't escape them. I simply cannot. I was gonna say the first thing I told Nicole, my colleague, when I sat down was, "We can't yeah. escape them." Yeah, no, it's. Yeah. I feel that way. But I'm in Korea, so it's more yeah. like a resigned, yeah, I'm in it now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess just like the neighborhood we went to for the Shabu Shabu. Dude, Korean, you really can't escape. Uh, Even in Vietnam, it was Koreans everywhere. <laughs> Wait, you're right. Oh my Dude, god. You get out. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> of New Jersey specifically, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Final, final question, and then we'll end the episode. Do you think Nora should have stayed with her husband or pursued a possible relationship with Sung? Stayed, obviously. Really? Okay. Did you feel like she should run off with him? I don't know. I guess it's just like an intriguing possibility, and obviously she didn't pursue or fulfill like a possibility and that would leave you wondering and if it leaves you wondering you would kind of want it to have 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 happened does that make sense grammatically but i i don't know to me it never felt like a possibility it felt like nora was being Mm. very solid in her stance that she's not gonna do anything stupid or impulsive yeah i mean yeah i mean it, it wasn't a possibility but but if past lives are true, and if they really had, like, this deep, unbreakable connection... No, how would they know? I don't know. How, 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 would it, how would it look like? Like, I mean, if they really felt something for each other, how would being in a relationship with each other look like? If that makes it sense. It would be a homewrecker situation, like, before sunset and before midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then they would grow old and be mean to each other and be like, sorry, I still love you, I guess, yeah. No, I don't think they 
actually would have worked out. And I think Hesong mm. could see that too. And so could Nora. Mm. When she's like, he's so Korean and has these Korean views about things. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, okay. no. Were you hoping, were you rooting well, for them? Not exactly. I was pretty neutral. I don't know. I didn't feel very attached to Nora. Mm. Um, so it was like, it is what it is. Um, but I feel like that would have made it... I don't know. I mean, I really liked the ending. I was going to say it would have made it more dramatic, but the ending was, oh, it was in so a good. way dramatic. It was, yeah, and it was way yeah. better this way. It's just so heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening <laughs> to Real Talk. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube. This has been a Real Talk. Bye. See you next time. Bye.